Yo guys, welcome back to the BTR podcast. Thank you guys for 60 subscribers. We're 40 away from 100, so please subscribe if you haven't. Like, comment below. Uh, make sure you guys also hit the notification bell, um, as it will notify you when we upload our videos. We're also we're also dropping YouTube shorts as well, so make sure to subscribe. Also, uh, make sure to follow our socials, our TikTok and Instagram, especially as we are dropping Instagram reels and TikToks as well. Without further ado, let's get started. We'll start with the NHL. Had a big day today. Yeah, the series end. First NHL series sweep today with the Florida Panthers sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes 4-0. But what a close series still because all four games ended in one goal. Yeah, like, uh, today's game was probably the best game of the, including the Western Conference Conference Finals. Um, Want to start off with Florida or do you want to start off with Carolina? Uh, Let's start off with uh, Florida and let's start off with the uh, their MVPs because I'm going to say a plural because it's Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky. So Sergei Bobrovsky will start there. Man, this dude always on a wave usually. Signed that big contract with Florida a couple of years ago after having a great season with Columbus and obviously his up and down season. But even like in the playoffs, he didn't even start. He finally started and he's just showing why he's that number one yeah, guy again. The reason for that, because he was injured coming into a playoffs. So they had Alex Lyon, who uh, did well in the regular season just to help him get into the postseason. Yeah. And then uh, when they were down in Boston, Sergei Bobrovsky came back and just absolutely ripped shit up. Yeah. Uh, been very impressed, obviously. The, uh, the Canes, well, I guess later on in the Canes today, but like the Canes were outplaying them for the most part in this series. And Bobrovsky keeping it like one goal games, you know, quadruple overtime. We were like, oh, my God, the Hurricanes are about to end this game right now in the first game. No, Bobrovsky kept it going. So, yeah, I think even if, if I had to pick one between him and Kachuk, it is um, Bobrovsky still. Because without him, they would not be where they are right now. Um, and then flipping over to Matthew Kachuk, what a game. Um, two goals. Uh, you know, the game, how it ended, I guess, before you guys that didn't watch it really. Uh Carolina tied it late, like with a like couple of minutes to go. And then with like, what, five seconds to go, Matthew Kachuk buries it home. and That was a series couple, winner. Yeah. Um, he's been the MVP of the playoffs most likely as well, along with Bobrovsky, like the most consistent forward, like out uh, on ice player. And I don't think it's too uh, – well, I guess it's close. But, but the way Dallas is looking, I think Matthew Kachuk may have been consistently been the best forward or defenseman on the ice. you agree with that? Yeah, Matthew Kachuk's been the best player, best forward in the NHL in this postseason. And the uh, Florida Panthers also had the best goalie in the NHL and Sergey Bobrovsky. But Matthew Kachuk, that's his uh, third game winner of the series. First over, first game with four overtimes. Second game with uh, two over, uh, overtime within a minute. And now this game with five seconds left in regulation. Bounce, bounce back, end of the Carolina Hurricanes and... Uh, clinched the first ever franchise um no i believe it was a i think they made it chance the they 90s. made it before right yeah, yeah yeah so give them a chance to get their first ever stanley Cup. yeah so like i have a question for you um obviously if the panthers didn't make it they would have been like one of the more disappointing teams for sure but you, we always have this conversation of how like we can ask canucks fans rebuild retool whatever get in what happens florida got in right but the difference is they have the talent to get in with Matthew Kachuk, Carter Rehage stepped up, Aaron Ekblad on the back end. You got you know. Barkov, Montour. Yeah, so um, 
do you think teams should follow this philosophy of like let's try to get in and see what happens mentality because obviously it doesn't work often right like st louis did that a couple years ago they won it all but not often you win it all especially like montreal they didn't win it in the um the shortened season but montreal still made the final yeah that's what i mean but they didn't win it all but so like do you think teams do you think this will like fool some teams into like um being like okay let's get in the playoffs and anything will happen I mean, they're, they were supposed to be a playoff team from the beginning. Like, you got Matthew Kachuk, right? You still have Barkov. You still have Ekblad. You still have uh, Carter Verhage. You still have Duclair. They yeah. got healthy. The thing with the Florida Panthers was helping them really right now is they started playing playoff hockey, like, a month before the actual playoff started because, like, the J- every game was a must-win for them just to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. So that will help them because, like, they're playing must-win games. They're playing meaningful hockey before the actual meaningful hockey starts so like that's a good like you know way to prepare and good way to you know just good momentum also obviously because like you know you went on the little run just to make the playoffs and then that helped you get this far now so what you're saying is the canucks should not follow this (laughs) and try to probably build this the canucks just suck right like (laughs) florida at least has like a a built-out roster yeah right for sure canucks just have like Three, four pieces. Yeah, the reason why I brought it up was because, you know, you see on Twitter, you see on, like, you know, live shows and stuff that, like, or people here saying, oh, just get in and anything could happen. But usually that only works if you have the high-end talent, right? Like, even with St. Louis back then, they had got the talent. Um, and obviously, with Kachuk this year, arguably the second or third best player in the league this season. Um, MVP, obviously MVP candidate, the Hart Trophy. So, yeah, no, uh, I agree with you. This Panther team, we're obviously similar to, like, when we get to Lakers talk, was similar in that sense as well. Like, just get in and see what happens, right? Um, yeah, I guess anything else Congrat- yeah. other than congratulating the Panthers? Um, uh, Bobrovsky had a 130-minute shadow streak that got ruined today. Yeah. So, like, uh, end of, uh, I believe, game two was a 2-1 victory. So, since, like, Carolina Hurricanes goal from then, shutout in game three, all the way up until Carolina Hurricanes' first goal today was like around 130 minute shadow streak. So that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I guess like as you said, let's talk about the Canes now. Um, um, the Canes, man, the injuries. Like that, that's like their number one issue, right? Obviously, you were missing. Um, you st- you Tirotin Vanen came back, but he was hurt during the playoffs. Um, uh, Max Pacioretty tore his Achilles again. Uh, Svechnikov gets injured right before the season started. And even today, um, Sam Bennett, I didn't get to see the hit properly, but uh, it was a clean hit uh, from what I hear, uh, took out Jacob Slavin, their best defenseman, right? Like Essentially, you're playing with your best forward in Svechnikov, in my opinion, and you're playing without your best defenseman. And the manager, they still managed to get three goals, right? Um, down to nothing. We're like, all right, it's done. Slavin's out. What, what the hell is going to happen? Obviously, went down 3-2 and scored late. And we thought, all right, here we go. Another overtime game, right? But obviously, Kachuk had to end it. Um, I think that was, like, the number one issue. And then, like, Rod Brindamore, on the other hand, was just saying, like, I don't know what to do. Because you mentioned it last episode. Sergei Bobrovsky was the reason why they couldn't win these games. Yeah, so it was like, um, once a goalie is hot, he's hot, man, right? And then they just, he gets into the forward's heads, like, okay, how the hell am I going to beat this dude? Yeah. Right? Like, yes, probably today is a day. Like, yeah, you got three goals past him, but uh, you allowed four. So it didn't matter at the end of the day. But there were there were doubts in the Florida, uh, the Canes players' heads that like, okay, yo, I can't beat this dude. Right? So they, they start thinking about instead of just shooting the puck, they're trying to, you know, make it a perfect shot instead of just getting the puck on net. 
So then at the end of the day, Bobrovsky just did Bobrovsky things. And yeah, they couldn't really do anything if at the end of the day, like if the goalie is that hot, it's hard to score. Plus with Pacioretty and Svechnikov being injured, uh, two people who get goals yeah. does not help either. Yeah. So like, I guess, you know, it's, this, it's unfair for the Canes because like in the history books, you're going to see four zero sweep. Oh yeah, they got destroyed by eight seed as like a top two seed essentially. But then obviously people that actually watch the game, they'll know that like, nah, this was just like a Bobrovsky run. And especially that they got to the conference finals without the two guys and Tiravainen until he came back this series. It's big, right? Um, but here, like, I guess, you know, moving on, what should the Canes be doing, right? Because the problem was during the trade deadline, they played it safe and then Svechnikov got hurt, right? They were in on Timo Meyer before Jersey got him. So the Canes also have a few players that are either free agents. I think both their goalies are. Um, I think they also have guys that are, are going to have, like, I think one year remaining, Sebastian Ajo being one of them, but I, I don't see him leaving. There's no way unless he really wants out, so, especially with Rob Brindamore coaching that team. Do the Canes need to be a little bit more aggressive now when it comes to this? Because they usually play, are the team that plays this safe. Like, they have their system, their thing, and it works. And it does. They get into the playoffs. But then the bad luck or the injuries, then you don't have that depth behind them. Yeah, I mean, like, last couple of years, like, They've been a little bit disappointed, but this is probably like the furthest they've gotten with this. Like, I think twenty nineteen. With this run, yeah, twenty nineteen they got swept, but like I think the sweeps were different. Yeah, and then last year you got eliminated in the second round by the Rangers, so this is the furthest you've gotten. Um, you gotta be like, you gotta get your players back at the end of the day. I'm not sure who are the free agents. Uh, we will get into that, you know, in the off season. Yeah, not a good class though. From uh, yeah. if, if the best player available is like, probably Patrick Kane. But at yeah. this rate, you're just like, you know, you just gotta be thinking. Okay, if I'm about to lose this guy, how do I place him right away? Right, like say, uh, for example, Colorado when uh, Landeskog was a free agent, right? There were chances of him Landeskog leaving, right? Yeah, they had a Philip Forsberg trade like on the back, just like. If he's gone, they're like, all right, we're going to pull that trigger for Philip Forsberg. So, like, they got to think like that now. Like, if, uh, so say someone's about to leave, think of the replacement, think of a good replacement, and yeah. be aggressive to get that replacement. Their, right? their management is smart. I remember, I think their GM did come on the Halford and Brush in the morning and I was listening to it. He This is pretty much what he said. Like, they're never over going to be over the cap or, like, um, stuck by the cap. They'll have it planned out accordingly. And yeah, they were going after Timo Meyer. The question was how aggressive were they? Were they willing to give more than what Jersey did? Even though I don't even think Jersey gave up a lot to get him, in my opinion, at the time. But not not enough about that. But yeah, I I think they need to find like I don't know if Pacioretty's a free agent or not. I don't know how long his Achilles injury is gonna take to heal. Obviously, in basketball terms, it usually takes a years or more, right? But and then even then, like how is his skating gonna be? Right, this is his second injury on the, on the Achilles. I don't know how Svechnikov is going to be when he comes back. Obviously, I feel like he'll be fine. So the key is, can you find or trade for someone that couldn't be available, you know, and that could help that void in that scoring department, especially, right? Clearly, they don't have finishing, right? Like, I don't think, like, Sebastian, how good of a player he is, he's not a clear-cut finisher like Apache already was, right? Like, uh, sorry, is, and like um, Svechnikov is. So the key is, I think they need to be a little bit aggressive and try to find that goal-scoring touch and try to find that depth so that way we don't give this excuse again next year. Yeah, the reason also why the uh, Hurricanes were also so successful is because they got, like, points from their back line a lot, right? Their D-line produced a lot of points and goals as well. 
like people like uh, Brent Burns who turned back the clock a little bit. Shane Gostisbehere is also an offensive defenseman. You know, they they just got a lot of points from their D line, which also helped contribute 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 to the uh, points and goals as well. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see what the off season goes, but this is gonna be somewhat intriguing. Obviously, we haven't done our research enough to know what who's available, who's not available, um, who on the Canes is on the last year of their deal or are going to be a UFA th- or RFA this year. But, you know, speaking from one hot goalie in Bobrovsky, let's move on to the next series. Ottinger. What the hell's wrong with this guy, man? Like he, from last year, carrying him against Calgary, even though they did lose his seven, to this year, getting pulled in a home game, right? It's it's insane. Like like you said, you don't, goalies are random, right? Like Bobrovsky's on a wavelength, like up and down, up and down. Ottinger, I guess, same thing, right? We, we we rarely see goalies consistent, right? Like, recently it was just Vasilevsky, and he struggled this year. But other than that, like, I don't know too much of how much a goalie could carry. And clearly, Ottinger is struggling. It's, yeah, he's struggling. They're down 3-0 also, by the way. Yeah, and they're down 3-0. They lost, like, 4-0 in the last game. Uh, Ottinger's struggling is because he's tired, man. They played 62 games in the regular season. Plus a uh, six-game series, a seven-game series. Uh, Dallas in general look fatigued, right? Like Vegas has been more dominant. Uh, Vegas has more rest. And then Dallas just look tired. Eichel's been absolutely incredible in this yeah. playoffs. He's playing his best hockey in his career. Yeah, at not the most about important, enough for At sure. the most important time. But like back to Oranger's, like he's looking fatigued for sure. And it doesn't help when your captain, your leader does a stupid cross-checking penalty. And yeah, Jamie Benn hasn't been the same Jamie Benn. It's more of a Jason Roberts and Rupert Hintz show compared to a Sagan Benn show, but ben, he's still your leader and now he's out two games. So even if you guys do pull it off and win next game, which we'll get into our predictions later, um, he's missing on the game at Vegas, right? So it doesn't help when you're already down one nothing and you're on a five-minute major and Vegas as hot as they are. Jack Eichel, like you just mentioned, Mark Stone, like you just mentioned, um doesn't help like <laughs> help any causes no wonder they're down like early that big yeah it's because vegas responded like properly like you know they didn't fight back at like you know they didn't like have the little line brawl after the hit yeah. right they're like all right we're gonna punish these guys and we're gonna punish these guys by scoring and absolutely whooping them in game three and it doesn't even also doesn't help when you had the lead in game two to you know get the split that you need so just because of that the pressure is on the question is, will um, they get swept? Yes. They're just tired. I mean, keep in mind, my predictions have been bad. So if whatever I predict, the opposite will probably happen. You've been kind of decent on your yeah, predictions. Yeah, I've been like 50-50. I didn't get them all right, but I got some. I got all right. of them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, but the, the Dallas, they look tired. They're physically tired. And obviously with that collapse in game two, now they're just, now they're mentally feeling it too. So like, it's kind of hard to bounce back. Um. Jamie Benn's being suspended. They could maybe steal game four, but I'm not sure if that's going to be them winning the game or, I, Vegas, I or just, Vegas taking a step back. Yeah, I, I'm i going to say Vegas sweeps. After that performance, I don't know if Ottinger has... He hasn't shown the bounce back consistently as you would hope, even in the previous series when they kind of struggled. Um, At least that's what I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a sweep. Jamie Benn's out, your captain's out. I don't know, like, you know, obviously I said Dallas would win this in six. Clearly I'm wrong. Um, 
I, I don't know if they have that fight back right now because, like you said, they're tired. You know, I haven't heard, like, last game, you didn't hear any of the players really do much. So, I think it's a sweep. You think it's yeah. a sweep? I mean, Which I means I we're seeing a game five. I was leaning towards sweep. I actually might go with game five. Okay. I've, I did say before, you know, in the previous episode that Oranger is going to steal one. And he's been, he bounced back every time he got pulled in every game. The question is, is, is it too late now? No, nah, <laughs> I know it's, they're not winning the series. Okay, let's yeah, be real. Yeah. They're not winning the series, but he could still steal them a game. True. Right? Like, he, at the end of the day, they got to empty their tank out in game four. The issue is they're going to empty out their game in tank four. I mean, game four, their tank's going to be empty. And then game five, they're not having nothing left. And Bef- they're going to lose in five. Before we move on, how impressed have you been with Aiden Hill? And how impressed have you been with that Vegas defense playing in front of Aiden Hill? Yeah, no, Aiden Hill's been, like, making, like, 30-plus saves. It's not like Aiden Hill's facing, like, yeah. like 15, 20 shots, right? Like, he's facing 30-plus shots, and he's making 30-plus saves. So that's pretty impressive just to come in for the goalie. Um, uh, yeah, just absolutely, like, you know, just play your game, and he's been playing his game. No, like, nothing really bad given up by Aiden Hill. And whatever goals he did give up, uh, they weren't really his fault. Like, they were just good goals or they were just good shots. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, Hopefully, we react to a game five next time. But, yeah, I, I think it's a sweep. You think it's going five. Chances are you're going to be right based on how our prediction's been going. All right, moving on to uh, some of our quick-fire topics. We'll continue on with the NHL. There have been some big coaching updates in the past couple of days. There are some openings with, obviously, Columbus um, and Calgary. Um, two names, legendary names, have been popped back up. One of them being Mike Babcock. The other one being Joel Quenville. All right. Uh, first with Mike Babcock, you know, we, were, we last saw him in the NHL coaching Toronto after having a great career with, uh, with Detroit. Struggle with Toronto. I mean, every coach has. But um, the reason why he was also let go, not just because they were struggling, but toxic work environment. So he was let go. He went on to the University of Saskatchewan for a little bit. And now he's, you know, there's reports, I think, by Frank Cervelli, I believe, or some of the other reporters that his name is being brought back up, specifically to Columbus. The second name in Joel Quenville we know what happened with that, the whole Kyle Beach situation from 2010 Chicago team. Obviously, he's a as a coach, one of the greatest coaches ever, won three cups with them, was putting Florida on the right track last year, and obviously got let go. First with Babcock, do you think he should be back in the league? Do you think he's outdated? Does he need to change? And where do you think you'll see him going, if anywhere? I mean, it's like, you know, if it was like a workplace toxic workplace issue then yeah of course he's got to change like you know personally to make it better because i believe it was like uh he you like abused the player as well right uh, yeah like when he was in detroit so that's why i think he was let go and then yeah so it just it's like a because people respect him hockey wise right obviously yeah, yeah for sure so like now it's just like would the players would the fans respect him as a person yeah. The question that's the question and like obviously we're not gonna know until if he gets a job right you also gotta adapt to a player style because look what happened to daryl sutter in calgary as well yeah that's true because like uh jonathan huberto struggled under sitter uh daryl sutter sutter daryl sutter obviously uh, and then obviously the team itself struggled so like they needed like more of a player's coach but like it's a system right like players got a fist 
the players got to fit the coach's system. And but the coach also has to adapt to the player's skill set that they receive. Yeah, so it's like well. a mix, right? Like, yeah. you got to meet in the middle somehow. And then oh. Babcock is a good coach, obviously. Like, he got Toronto to the playoffs every time. Won cups with uh, Detroit. So, I mean, as a hockey-wise, I mean, if I'm the Columbus, yeah, go get him. Like, he has a proven track record. Well, this record. would be his, like, last chance, essentially. Yeah, he's also getting... I like, think he's only 60, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it's still, yeah. like, you know... There, people do want like to have younger head coaches, you know, to have more of a connection with yeah. the players. So like a sixty-year-old is still like old. Um, so he would like, yeah, this would be his last stint, in my opinion. Yeah, with Joel Quenville. So this is what's happening with him, from what I've been hearing, seeing on like social media and stuff. New York is also another opening I forgot to mention because Gerard Glant got fired. Um, he has to meet with Gary Bettman first before being, because he is not eligible to coach. Like, yeah, his situation Beach. is much worse. Yeah, so than Mike Babcock's. If if he is given permission and everything, he's allowed to start coaching again. Should he get the job instantly, and should New York just instantly hire him because that's where he is linked to, or even anywhere else? I mean, it's tough. And how would you sorry? And how would you feel him, for him getting a job as well? I want to feel like I want to feel great about it. I'll be honest. Like that situation was pretty brutal. Yeah. Right. And then honestly, the punishment hasn't even been that big. Like one year. I don't know what. what no, I'm talking about like for the Chicago. Oh, Black Chicago Fox. in general, but even right. with Quinn, it was just one year off coaching. One right year now. off coaching. Yeah. Like, I don't know if new the owners of New York or just owners of Dolan. <laughs> I mean, they're just my like. Okay, yo, I just want to win. So like. It's a business, right? So, like, they don't care about... Sometimes they don't care about the personal stuff. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you look at any... And this is not just with Joel Conwell. Any, like, Deshaun Watson, for example, the NFL. We, again, that stuff is alleged. We don't know how... Because, obviously, it didn't go through. Like, stuff happened... Uh, I believe it didn't go through the civil court or whatever. But if you're a good athlete, you're a great coach, you're going to always get an opportunity once you're allowed to get an opportunity, Right. Um, Joel Conville is a great coach. We we acknowledge that, right? Like what he did with Chicago. He was doing great things with Florida before he um, obviously wasn't able to coach. If he's allowed to coach, yeah, I'm not going to feel like, like, like as you, I'm not going to feel great about it. But if he's allowed to coach, I won't blame him or anything because he's allowed to coach, right? And if that's the case, then yeah, he's, he should be a hot commodity. He should get a job instantly. And then we'll see if he actually learned his lesson. And we'll see how it how it goes down, for sure. Yeah, um, like yeah, it's a matter of ability at this rate, right? Like if like you said, ability gets you the job at the end of the day. So like it's like it's a business, man. It's like, yeah, that's what the, that's what it. Everyone says that's what everyone will say. Yeah, especially with all these people that has these you know issues on the outside the rank or outside you know the playing field of any sport. Yeah. So. Uh, it's just like okay, if you're good, you're gonna help our team win. You're gonna help our team win, and we'll hire you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how where it goes. But moving on, uh, we got some big news we forgot to mention last time. Um, Vinicius Junior. Yeah. So on the weekend, Real Madrid played uh, Valencia. Valencia won one zero, but the big issue was that Vinicius Junior was racially abused by the Valencia players uh, on the weekend. Uh, the ref did not do anything to stop it. His uh, Real Madrid teammates didn't do anything to stop it. So that's poor job by them. Uh, his teammates didn't help, like, you know, help their brother out, which 
is on the their captain, which is I believe Benzema, right? He just stood there and watched, which is you know just brutal by him, right? And obviously you feel for the guy because he's coming victim to something that's like you it's know it's not the first time either. Yeah, it's like with him especially. Yeah, so it happens multiple times this season. And you forgot one key thing. I don't, I don't, sorry, I know yeah. you're probably going into it. And then uh, he was also uh, at the end of the game getting choked out by a player. And then uh, while he's getting choked out. He obviously he's gonna do a pushback, right? He's not like yeah. you're getting choked out. He gets the red card. He was in absolute tears after because like you feel for him because like racially abused, red card for no reason, and no one stepped up for him. Like no yeah. teammate, no, not even the ref, or even no, not the coach. Like when, when there were racial issues like this, I think it was in Italy before, right? Like the team stopped playing the game. Yeah. Like they they go into the tunnel if it's like. Especially if it's your own teammates, they'll go in the tunnel, and no one did anything about this, which is like absolutely painful to watch. And like, obviously, it's sad to see him in tears because he's been through so much in that game alone with the unnecessary a uh, red card. The guy who was choking him didn't even get a red card. Yeah, he got the red card, and then obviously the racial abuse, which was the big thing that's gonna take a toll on a man. Yeah, there was a video I think of a fan on in the background in the stands also yelling at him when he was coming off. Um, yeah, no. Th- First of all, I guess we also got to mention the red card did get rescinded, and well, rightfully so. Players did come out on like a Tony. I think Tony Cruz came out tweeting at the back. You know, former teammates with Rafa Varane and Casemiro also um, supporting him. I don't know. I guess and I didn't pay attention to the story as much as you did, so I don't know exactly what had happened. Obviously, I know you you looked into it a little bit more, but it's the that's the one thing about European soccer that I hate the most. It's um that the racism factor. And we've mentioned this before. We were at our cousin's house when we were watching England-France in the World Cup. And we were happy that Harry Kane took the penalty and missed. Because, not saying like, he, oh yeah, I'm happy he missed and they lost. I'm saying that, because if that was Rashford and Saka, like it was in the Euro final, we already know what was going to happen, right? Yeah. And even in, in terms of domestic soccer leagues, La Liga has it bad. Because this isn't the first time. Yeah, La Liga's been pretty and bad recently. I've seen posts where like, when Madrid played like Champions League against the English teams, they were embracing and everything properly, right? But not in La Liga. So, and yeah, I hope, I don't know how long it'll take to get solved. Clearly it's been going on. We don't know what's happening in that, like how it is in those countries, right? So we can't comment on the political side of things or like what's going on in the country because we've never been there and seen that. But one other thing is Nike also is release, I think hoping to release or looking to release an anti-racism um, partnered with Vinicius so hopefully some change does occur um, especially with, in yeah. soccer because it is the beautiful game it's the best game it's probably the it's the most popular the game. most popular game in the not world mo- not probably it is the most popular game right so I hope some justice is found in that but yeah yeah just issue is with me is like with the refs but like you gotta stop the game man yeah. like you're giving the fans what they want with a exactly. full game like he's they're absolutely ripping into the man unnecessarily unfairly like he's just out there playing his game the, playing the game that he loves the most and, and then he's, he's just getting, good at it he's good at it he's damn good at it yeah. you won him a champions league last yeah. year scored in the final and now he's getting just racially abused and you're not doing anything to stop the game that's like absolutely brutal refereeing and i believe that referee should be suspended let go of his job right that's absolutely terrible by the ref and his teammates i don't care if this started sporting him after twitter sport him on the field that's when he needed him most right like you're just standing there, letting this all this happen, not getting into a tunnel, 
Benzema just standing there doing nothing. What type of captain is that? Right? Just terrible teammates, in my opinion. Like, I don't care if you do. Yes, you're going to support him after the cause. Obviously, it's easier to support him after the cause. Support him during the thing. It's just brutal by Real Madrid, brutal by the refereeing, and obviously just racism in general by yeah. the fans. Yeah, tough, tough transition, but yeah, hopefully it gets better. We always say that every time. But I guess tough transi- transition now, but we obviously have to. Big news in the boxing world. Me and you are pumped for this. Um, yesterday, um, on Tuesday, Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford is pretty much made official. July 29 in Vegas. Me and you said this is the biggest fight in the world. More than Fury Usyk. More than like Canelo Benavidez right now. Um, I'm pumped. Can't wait for this fight. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like, yeah, like we were. This is the fight. Like we've seen Spence fight. We've seen Crawford fight. We know they're arguably two of the top five pound for pound in the world. So yeah, uh, obviously we're not gonna talk too much into it now. It's still like you know two months away. But there's also another big fight which we haven't watched much. This is Japanese guy Nao Inoue. He's fighting a guy named Fulton, and it's a big. And in a way, he's um, he's also top five pound for pound. So maybe I'll try to catch that fight to see how that goes out. But big, big news! Very excited for yeah, this. Yeah, Spence and Crawford are obviously the, the two best fight. in the division, their two, weight class. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, if you're a casual like us, just mark that date down. You will not be disappointed by the fight. Yeah. You shouldn't be disappointed by the exactly. fight. Exactly. And then this could be a fight that should be a. This could be a trilogy, and I believe it should be a trilogy. Yeah, there's a there is a special rematch clause on it, so it, it's I think it is a two contract fight most likely, but we'll see how that goes down the line. But moving on, um, NBA coaching news. So first off, we'll go with the Raptors. They've obviously interviewed JJ Redick in the past. They have given permission to you know we've mentioned in the past Becky Hammond and Kenny Atkinson. A big uh, the new name that came out was. Um, what's his name? Do you remember? <laughs> what? For the uh, rappers? Uh, Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Steve Nash. Canadian legend, obviously, was linked. I, heard, I saw a report that uh, the Raptors were impressed by him. So, Raptor fan. We've seen Steve Nash last time. It was with a horrible situation with the top players. So, massive egos to carry. If this is a Steve Nash hire, do you think you wouldn't mind that? Obviously, they're doing a wide approach, clearly, right? Yeah. And before I let you speak, is it going to be a rebuild if it's Steve Nash coaching? If it's Steve Nash, co- Steve Nash coaching, then it has to be a rebuild. Uh, I'm not going to be as mad because Steve Nash, at least now, if we hire him, he has prior experience. Whereas if we like hired him like during the next time, but Nets hired him. Nets hired him when he had no experience at all. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, that's why I won't be as mad because now he's got that little bit of experience. So, like, he has something to build off. But I'm just Monty Williams day one. And <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it actually happens. But I'm just, like, Monty Williams and hopefully no one else. But if at the end of the day, Steve Nash has now experience, which, you know, gives me a little bit more, like, all right, you know, let him, let him, give him some time let him work and it has to be a rebuild if it's Steve Nash yeah, it's a good second chance opportunity I think he deserves it after that Nets and obviously it's on him as well for the Nets thing not just the guys but obviously give him let's see how he does with a second chance um, the next team the Suns news came out from Shams the Phoenix Suns have narrowed their head coaching search to five finalists Nick Nurse former Raptor 
coach, Frank Vogel, former Laker coach. Doc Rivers is back in the mix. Kings assistant, Jordy Fernandez, makes sense with how successful they have been this year. And Suns assistant, so in-house with Kevin Young. The biggest surprise with that name, I think, is Doc Rivers. 100%. Um, He'll find a job, <laughs> I guess, but uh, I don't know if that's the right fit for him. It's uh, not, because like this, it's not right fit for the Suns either, because Doc hasn't performed in the playoffs. Suns haven't performed in the playoffs ever since the final, like two straight yeah. absolute blowout losses at home to get eliminated. So they're going to need someone with like, you know, some championship pedigree, like someone who's going to, they just need someone who's going to take no BS at this rate now, right? Yeah, and then, and then speaking, obviously Nick Nurse deserves a job. He's also linked. We're going to talk about the Bucks next, but also the Sixers. Frank Vogel, obviously uh, won a championship with the Lakers. Um, he was scapegoated last year, so I, 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 d- I do believe he did a very good job with Indiana during the Paul George days, struggled with Orlando, but came with the Lakers' great defensive coach. So I think he could be a good fit there, especially with KD and Book. So let's see what he does. But um, I guess moving on to the Bucks. There's also an update with that. They've narrowed their search even more. Um, so according to Woj, the Bucks are narrowing group of top candidates. Nick Nurse, again, uh, no surprise. Golden State assistant Kenny Atkinson and Toronto assistant Adrian Griffin. So two Toronto guys linked. That shows you something, how good of a culture Toronto sets with their young guys. And, yep, these guys will be having interviews, final conversations with Milwaukee next week. Nick Nurse also, like I said, Philadelphia and Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, all three candidates are good. Kenny Atkinson was a good coach uh, before he was let go. And obviously now he got under, you know, learn, get some time under Steve Kerr, which obviously is going to help, you know. And then uh, Adrian Griffin is a good... I, I disagree with Adrian Griffin slightly. First time head coach. We saw what happened with Steve Nash. I'm not saying, obviously... Yeah, but Steve Nash be... wasn't even an assistant. Adrian Griffin was an assistant. True, but... Like, and well, he's going like from the there, assistant. Like going he, from there to coaching the Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday. I mean, Darvin Ham was an assistant. Experience. Yeah, no, true. Exactly. So, so like, why did you guys hire Darvin Ham then? It's it's a tough spot for sure. Yeah. But, so like, you made the decision to hire Darvin Ham. He's an assistant behind. Uh, yeah. Bucks no, assistant. I know. Yeah, I guess. Mike so. Brown was an assistant. I mean, we've seen we've seen him struggle. Mike Brown has head coaching experience though. Okay, yeah. From a while ago. But so. Darvin Ham didn't. Yeah, so, I mean, it showed so, like, a little bit. It showed the inexperience a little bit. So, yeah, no, we'll see. Um, like, there's still I'm going hoping to he's successful. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that it's not a bad hire. Um, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a good option. Obviously, I don't know. They also have some in-house guys, from what I heard, that are also good. So, we'll see. Um, obviously, I know you love Adrian Griffin. He's, he coached some games when Nick Nurse was out. He knows the system well. It's funny seeing Nick Nurse battle it out with his assistant coach for the job, potentially. Um, yeah, I guess in the last NBA thing, unless you want to finish off with anything with the coaching. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, moving on to the last part. Big retirement news. Carmelo Anthony has officially announced his retirement yesterday. And yeah, yesterday or no, sorry, Monday. Um. Yeah, it was when the Lakers got eliminated, so yeah, that, so was that was Monday. Monday, yeah. So Carmelo Anthony has officially announced his retirement. He was one of two old three draft class guys remaining. The other guy is LeBron James, which we'll get into later. But hell of a career, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Obviously couldn't win a championship, but he's at peace, he says. And one last thing, he will always be mellow. It's not going to be LaMelo Ball. It's going to be Carmelo Anthony when people say mellow. Yeah, I mean, Carmelo Anthony, like, he obviously 
good good run in Denver, good run in the Knicks as well. Uh, the one thing that I liked about like one thing I really liked about his career is when he had no job and came back with a year in uh, Portland, and he actually played really really well. And then and got the, a second contract with them. Yeah, as well. and then got a second contract and got a stint with the Lakers as well. Yeah. But yeah, if honestly, if the Knicks just managed themselves properly, uh, Carmelo Anthony could have had a different career story. But at the end of the day, you're an absolute great player, you know, uh, and just a great scorer and a great basketball player. Yeah, um, first ballot Hall of Famer, most likely. So we'll see in four years' time if that's true. I think as long as no one else retires that are better than him, I think he's a first ballot. All right, moving on to the NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Let's start with the one that got completed. The Nuggets have completed the sweep. As hard as for me to say that. Um, so 4-0 ended on Monday. Um, let's start off with the Nuggets side of things first. Uh, what do you think? Their players just showed up. Jokic <laughs> triple-double, 27-point triple-double, I believe. Jamal Murray averaged uh, 32 on 50-40-90 shooting. And then your players didn't. So you yeah. guys got sent packing. Game game four, yeah, we started off hot. Um, third quarter cooled down. LeBron obviously went off, you know, had 30 in the first half. Then he just went three-point mode because I, I just genuinely believe he's just injured. And he couldn't, like, go further anymore. AD struggled offensively again this time. Um, got to the rack a little bit, but still struggled offensively. Defensively, he was still fine for what he could do compared to Jokic. And uh, the um, Austin Reeves was our third best player. Um, so the issue with that is, uh, you know, our, we benched, obviously, D'Angelo Russell. We benched Jared Vanderbilt. Started pretty much played a five-man lineup majority of the game. LeBron played the full 48. But, sorry, circling back to the Nuggets here. We'll talk about the Lakers in a second. Yeah, you Lakers fan. I was <laughs> making about the Lakers all the time. <laughs> huh? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> so my question to you is this. Currently, is Jokic the best player in the NBA? Yes. Um, he is dialed in. He has produced in uh, all three series. And all three series, Not uh, obviously, like they were going to beat Minnesota. But Suns, like, there were people... Like, I was probably one of them. Yeah, I maybe said the Suns were going to the uh, Maybe finals. thinking that, like, all right, Suns will probably take out the Nuggets. All right, come to the Lakers. I was like, okay. I'm not saying, like, the Lakers would win. I would probably still think the Nuggets could have pulled Nuggets through. Nuggets seven. Yeah, but I'm not saying, like, the Nuggets dominated, you guys. They were they were in control. I wouldn't say it was domination. But they were always each in control. Each series, went, each game were, was, like, it went to the last shot almost. The last little, like, two, three minutes. But, like, when you add it up over the series... They they were in control. Yeah, that's they, that's fine. They were always the better team. Yeah, um, as part of the Jokic thing, it's so weird with this because like before we knew LeBron was the best player in the game, and pretty much all of twenty tens, right? Um, after that, Giannis came to the equation. Steph came back into the equation. KD's in the equation, right? Jokic is now in the equation. So it's like it it. It's so situational and so timely now that, like, before it was, yeah, no matter what. Oh, is LeBron old? No. He shows it up in the playoffs. He's still the best player in the NBA. Now it's like, okay, is it Giannis? Still arguable, right? Like, consistently, I might say it might be Giannis. Is it Kevin Durant when he's playing? Is it LeBron even at times, right? But I don't 
But the way Jokic has consistently been playing, I think he is the best player, at least for the last like couple of years. Um, well, I want to say last couple of years. This year, I think he solidified it with this playoff run. Uh, that he'll be he'll be in the top four mix from now on. Um, and I guess the other question I have for you is, he has two MVPs. If he were to win this championship, whether it be against the Heat or the uh, Celtics, and he gets Finals MVP, is he on par legacy wise with Giannis? Because they pretty much have the same hardware, except Giannis as the Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah, I think that's mainly it. I guess yes, Jokic might have to be more All NBA standards or consistently in the yeah because Jokic could have won three MVPs in a row. Yeah, too right. So like, um, I'm not gonna say it because they both took a little bit of time, obviously, to make the finals. But the thing with Giannis didn't have an excuse of why he lost. Jokic had an excuse of okay, my second best player is injured. Michael Porter Jr. is injured, right? Like after the bubble, like Jokic didn't really have any help if you think about it whereas Giannis obviously this year disappointed uh 2019 blew a lead to the Raptors 2020 uh lost to the Heat and then finally won it in 2021 right yeah and then 2022 was it who 2022 they lost to the Celtics he was without Middleton in that one yeah but then they also disappointed in game seven like they lost by law in game seven and then this year obviously the biggest disappointment of all, losing to an eight seed, four one. Again, the issue with that is he was out for the first three games, you could say, and the last two they did blow leads. I get that, but that's the only argument against Gian uh, for Giannis. There, it's it's debatable. I feel like I won't be surprised if Giannis takes it next year. Like it's not solidified that Jokic is the best, but, if, but from the last couple of years, you have to say he's the best. Like two time MVP potential could have been a three. To be fair to Giannis, he could have been the third MVP, got his third MVP as well. Um, and this is not even recency bias, right? Like, I, I don't think Jokic gets talked about enough because it's Denver. And I agree with Michael Malone that, like, we lose, we win game one, but it's about, oh, can the Lakers come back and do this, right? And I'm saying this as a Laker fan that um, we are talked about a lot, for sure. And I'm not saying rightfully so, but they are the Lakers. They are the that franchise, right? So, but... but People that are saying, oh my God, Jokic is now, like, I think Jalen Rose came out and said he's now a superstar. He was a superstar from like three years ago. Yeah, from, what I, from what I heard, that right? That bubble, um, obviously, he still put up numbers, like one back-to-back MVPs, um, still put up a fight. Like, yeah, they got smoked by the Warriors last year, but like, he was still playing and well. Even, and even in this series, because like, the reason why I picked the Lakers wasn't because I'm a Lakers fan. I gave... In my opinion, I gave significant reasoning. You could say otherwise. That, like, I think Anthony Davis is that guy. And he's done it in the past to slow him down. Obviously, Jokic won that matchup, right? And he, that that's what solidified me. I was like, he's the best center in the game. He's definitely not in... He's definitely a tier above Embiid, in my opinion. And he's... um, Yeah, I think you have to say that he's the best player in basketball. And then legacy-wise, yeah, I think he's matched up at least up until let's see who if first of all this is assuming he wins the ring right if he wins the ring in the finals mvp then you have to like have an argument as of right now you could argue Giannis could be a better player but they both have skill sets that are like freak athleticism to like amazing center that we've never seen a point center like that in ever right so um i guess moving on before we move on to the lakers I want want to ask you this. Just another quick point about Game Four. Uh, it was funny because like you guys were up by fifteen, 
And the person that kept the Nuggets in the game was Aaron Gordon, who dropped 22 that game yeah. as well. So props to Aaron Gordon for, yeah, no, for you know, sure. just dropping some buckets. But so 2019, you guys, Raptor, made the championship for the first time, right? And then this happened right here. Yeah. 2023, the Nuggets made the finals. So those two teams are now off this list. So five teams have not reached the NBA finals. Can you guess those five quickly? And I'll get all of I'll give you slight hints. And the next question, I'll give you the next question after, actually. So I would say the Kings are one. No, they've made the finals. They made the finals. Okay. Like way back when, though. Okay, so Sun did make it. Uh, bro, I'm four Western teams, one Eastern team. Four Western. Yeah. So like Pelicans. One. Well, what else? <laughs> Hints. Think our city. Oh, so Memphis. Yep, two. Uh, like Charlotte hasn't made it, right? Three. So that's the East. So you have two more West. Both of them were playoff teams this year. Both of them were playoff teams. Yes. Minnesota. Yep. Oh, Denver made it now, right? Yeah. So. Uh. Clippers. Yes. So Hornets, Clippers, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, and Pelicans. So my question to you is. Who will be the next one to get out? So what was it? Who will reach, sorry, to the finals? Clippers, Timberwolves. Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Hornets. I, I think mean, the Hornets are not anytime soon. Hornets not anytime soon. I mean, the West is pretty stacked. I don't think the Timberwolves anytime soon. I don't think soon. the Timberwo- Timberwolves will make it. Uh, Memphis got to make some offseason moves because they're clearly not yeah. a finals team. So it has to be the Clippers if they could just stay healthy. Yeah, like, I mean, the cop-out answer should be the Clippers, right? Yeah. If you're talking about potential, that could be the Pelicans, but that's assuming Zion's health as well and yeah, what else they could fix around that. But, uh, yeah, I guess the easy answer, the cop-out answer is the Clippers. But <laughs> it makes it even more funny that those two guys can't get them to the finals. But, yeah, no, that's uh, the Nuggets are congratulations to you guys. You guys are in the NBA Finals now. Yeah, they're also been the number one offense, and they show that really why yeah. in that series uh, the thing well. with the Nuggets was Michael Malone made the adjustments that the Lakers made and he countered it obviously and he outcoached Norvin Ham the players obviously outplayed Dar- Jamal Murray again was the key to the series and he lived up to that um, I guess moving on towards the Lakers I know you might have some questions for me but what I guess my question to you before you because you're going to ask me the same question Obviously, it was a sweep. I, in my opinion, like it wasn't like one of those sweeps where it was like brutal, right? Like it could have gone either way at the end of the day if it's certain shots falling. But do they run it back, in your opinion, as a neutral looking in this, or do you think they should go after a third star like guys like Kyrie and Trey Young are linked? Uh, Kyrie, maybe I wouldn't go after Trey Young just because you guys' defense was horrible, and then it got better, obviously. Yeah. Uh, once you made the trade and the trade deadline, uh, running it back is probably the best option in my opinion. Just cause you guys made it to the conference finals, and I don't think it was a fluke, right? Like you guys like deserve to make it here. Like you guys were the better team in both series against the Grizzlies and the Warriors, and uh, if you have a full year of this team, you might avoid a play-in spot next year as well. Yeah, the only thing that scares me, because I agree with you, I, I'm leaning more run it back because of you could build a full roster. And the other reason why is, like, take the Lakers side of things out. As an NBA fan, 
the parity in the league was insane, right? Like, you didn't know who was coming out of the West um, on who's going to win it all, right? The thing with um, Kyrie, with LeBron's age, I don't know if he's that capable guy. And obviously, we'll talk about Anthony Davis in a second. Do we need that third star and have like that triple one ABC type thing or LeBron takes a backseat type of thing? The question for me is like, can D'Angelo Russell be consistent enough, right? Can Austin Reeves has great of, if we do resign him, can we can he be take that next step and take that D'Angelo Russell role if D'Angelo Russell leaves? But I, I definitely want to run it back because I feel like we ha- maybe small changes like get a decent backup center that could be available like a Jakob Pertl is there, just like a grit grind, get offensive rebounds and defend. Um, stuff like that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think running back will be like also the safest option as well. But if you get someone like a Kyrie, like you know, you'll have a trustworthy, consistent ball handler who will make plays. <laughs> after trustworthy LeBron. in terms of on the court, but not off. Yeah, the court. obviously, but if it's playoff, <laughs> which is still time, a big thing. If it's playoff time, he will be playing. Well, right? we don't know, man. It's Kyrie. No, no, he will be playing. It's playoff time. Yeah. All right, if I'm uh, just no way, he he will be playing if it's like playoff basketball, he will be on the court and meaningful games. Uh, so like, yeah, you'll have a trustworthy ball handler, ball handler, a guy who can make shots, you know, uh, so they'll give like it will let LeBron step back. Whereas DeAndre Russell, like, was inconsistent, like, he was m- more of a regular season player than a playoff player, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, so what would you say about your 80 take now? Cameras right there. I stand by with everything what I said at the beginning of the series. Still so. do. Before I get into what I'm saying, because I do see some ludicrous shit on the internet. I'm not sitting here saying AD is this perfect NBA player. We know the potential is there, but he is he he is what he is at this point of his career. What he, at this point of his career is still a top fifteen NBA current NBA player. Um. I'm not saying he's sitting here if there's certain players are available for trade, you trade AD. Yeah, like if players are available for trade, that makes sense. I'm not sitting here saying no. He has two years left on his contract. LeBron is still on the roster, hopefully, <laughs> which we'll get into slowly. Um, but it just makes no sense to me like, oh, yeah, Anthony Davis is the reason why we lost this series. Anthony Davis is the reason why we're in the conference finals in the first place. I have a question for you. You tell me this. If Anthony Davis was meh defensively, would we have got past the first round? First round, yes. Second round, no. So, the fact that we even got past the Warriors is insane, right? And I get it. He, he struggled offensively. Not oh, Sorry, he was inconsistent, not struggled. He had monster games even in the conference finals. But it's just like Jokic just outplayed him. I get that. I'm not putting him in the same tier as Jokic. He has to show that to me. But Anthony Davis is still a top 15 NBA player. He ain't no bum. He ain't no scrub. He still comes out and bought, played in the playoffs, right? I get it. The, if the take for trade him is just injuries, I could live with that. If it's just injuries. If it's saying, oh, he's this guy that ain't great. Even if he's inconsistent offensively, he lives it on the defensive end, right? You can't tell me that he was not the best defensive player in the in the playoffs this year. He had the most rebounds. He had the most blocks. They were literally anchoring. If you see Anthony Davis in the uh, paint, they were trying to get him his ass out of the paint. 
right? The Warriors did that successfully, and he still held his own on the perimeter. He ain't wasn't no Rudy Gobert unplayable in the playoffs, right? So the problem is, yes, I get it. The inconsistency is there, but when you, you get him defensively, and you will get consistent 15 points a game at least, right? 20 points a game with horrible percentages, he'll get to the line usually, right? So the take about, oh yeah, he, he sucks, we should trade him, blah, 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 it's ludicrous. Like, I, I think that's dumb. Um, that being said, like, yeah, if we do trade him for a Dame Lillard, for example, question is, can we get someone to replace what Anthony Davis is capable of? Can we get that Bam Adebayo type of player? Can we get Miles Turner, for example? Then sure, I'm open to that discussion. I don't think that's happening, though, because if you're trading for Anthony Davis, right, you're pairing him with someone. That's who Anthony Davis is. He's a, not the alpha. He is the guy you pair someone to win a championship with. So or, what happens if LeBron retires? What do you do? See, he, I don't think the Lakers will rebuild, right? Because it's the Lakers. They're going to go after big names, whether that be Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, whatever well, the case But what if that fails? What do you do then? Then I'll consider trading him. Like, then you have to trade him. Yeah, like, uh, that's fine then, right? As If LeBron is on this team... I'm not trading Anthony Davis. Okay, yeah, so then... Unless uh, I could see a significant upgrade. I'm just going to... Wait, sorry, before I let you go. People don't know this. You are a huge AD fan yourself, right? He was your favorite player until Kawhi came in and helped you in a championship. So what is your take about Anthony Davis as a neutral, not a Laker fan, but as a big Anthony Davis fan still? Yeah, so... Because you were rooting for him. I am rooting for him, man. I still root for him. Obviously, because I'm just going to look at it at the perspective of the people saying that he's a bum. Right, the thing is that Anthony Davis set himself a standard. All right, everyone could agree that when he was in the Pelicans, he was the best big in the game. Yeah, for sure. He's right? still top three, but yeah, he's not the best. All for right, sure. I get uh, that. top three is getting a little bit questionable for me. Who's better than him outside of Jokic? Is Embiid definitively better than him? Yes, I don't think so. I don't Embiid, think he's definitively Embiid, better than him. Embiid no. has Embiid, Embiid has the same health no, issues no. too. Yeah, health issues, okay, but Embiid's ability is better. His attitude, Who performed better in the playoffs? His attitude might not be better, Who obviously. Who performed better in the playoffs this year? Well, he's been so inconsistent. The games he has lost, he's been dropping like 10 points. But who made it further, though, in the tougher conference? Yeah, I know. Who's made it further? He also had LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron At wasn't eight, the same Embiid LeBron. Embiid is the guy. All right? You know that. Like, Embiid has to be the best player. But still, you can't say, like, it's definitively. But then who's... Fine. If he's even if he's three, who's who's ahead of him? At low three, then? Yeah. Are you taking Demontis Sabonis? No. I'm sure Kings fans would prefer uh, AD over. It might Demonte just be Wembenyama. Who knows? That's okay. Well, you, that's yeah. Potential. Okay. So it's but like it's it's gonna he's gonna be dropping soon. In my opinion, reason being is because I'm looking at I'm looking at it when people are saying right they're calling him a bum because he set himself a standard, right? Which of is being fine. the best big in the game, of being the most one of the most the consistent prob- players the, in the game. The problem with that take now is like listen, I was listening to Get, Get Up this morning and JJ Reddick said it perfectly. He is who he is, and he is still a top 15 player. Yeah, I'm in not this calling game. him a you can't, bum. No, no, I'm not saying you're calling him a bum. Yeah. I'm saying that you have to live with the fact that he's, no long, he's not that guy, right? But he's still an all-NBA caliber player. He's an all-defensive player, D-point caliber player, right? He's still that top 15 guy. He's still that guy you would want on your team d- despite the injuries, okay? You can't tell me if Anthony Davis was traded this year, let's say, for a KD package, like people were saying he should have been traded earlier in the year. You're not getting someone significant in return for Anthony Davis that will help you get to this far at this point. 
is my point here. Yeah. Like, I'm not sitting here. Yes, I might sound like an AD fanboy. I'm passionate about this because, yes, I agree with you. He had set himself a standard. But even as a fan, I understand the standard has dropped. But he, he's no longer the best guy. I get that. But no big man really is outside of Jokic because of the skill set Jokic has as a point guard capability. But here's like, I don't like Embiid. I'll be honest with you. The reason why I'm saying he, Embiid is better because... Embiid is that guy for the Sixers. AD is a 1B. Right? AD, you ain't winning with AD by himself. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to win with Embiid by yourself, but Embiid has to be the guy. That's my point, though. Because I feel like, yes, Jokic has officially set himself as the best. Jokic right? is the best. That's, That's fine. No. Two and three is a battle. You can't tell me that Embiid is... Okay, yeah, sure. If you want to base it on the regular season, Embiid has the edge. If we were to do rankings right now, I have Embiid second. He deserved his MVP. Right, he was deserved that, but when he came, when it matters most, you saw Anthony Davis give it his all on the defense defensive end, despite his injury. He's probably having an off season surgery on his foot, right? And I get the day to Davis, I get all of every other day Davis. I'm not sitting here saying he's this untouchable piece, but you build a team around how you did with this current roster, which is why I said run it back. You are capable of winning, and he's best equipped to that. We were the best defensive team because AD was there and Jared Vanderbilt helped that. Yeah, okay, but like the games you lost were because of AD. Not just because of him, but but he has a, he was a but factor. But his of. points weren't there on the offensive But how about the games we won? 40 points in game one. So you won because of AD. So that we just didn't showed. lose. We lost game one to Jokic. Okay, so one game. but like Game at the end three, of- we lost. And AD was well, played well. Okay, so but, but so the that's where I'm, that's no, my but point. No, but there are games in the Memphis series. There's games in the Golden State series. All right, so you lost two games, but you lost other two games as well. But game two and game four. What about game two and game four? Game sorry, Golden State was one game. First of all, what about game two and game four though? In Memphis. No, no, in Denver. He didn't show up in game two. He didn't show up in game four. Yeah, offensively, yes, I agree with that. Exactly. That's, that's where I get frustrated with him. Right, I can't be keep defending him, but he ain't no Ben Simmons either. He's not Ben Simmons. So that's where my point is. Like, if you're calling Ben Simmons a bum, you better not be putting him. People can't not be calling Anthony Davis a bum. They can't be. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what. That's my take at that. Right. The bum. He should be out as a Laker. He's the reason why LeBron, which we're gonna get into now, is gonna potentially retire, which I don't think he is. But I still think that you, Anthony Davis, can be your one B. Pair him with a one A, and you're still a champ. You're a championship contender. At this point, at this point, I'm gonna keep make that clear. At this point of his yeah, career, yeah, like you, at this point, yeah, you have to. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying the reason why people are saying putting this narrative around Anthony Davis because I'm a, I'm with you, all right, and like most of it. Uh, of course, he's been inconsistent. We all know that. But I'm just saying the people, the reason why these people are putting this narrative around Anthony Davis is because he did set himself the standard yeah. of being the best big in the game. We've seen. More good than in the inconsistency is inconsistent, but we haven't seen 50 50 towards the season, right? We've seen cons- consistent defense, and we've seen, I would say, six like a two thirds to a third in terms of the offense as well. But we would you trade Anthony Davis if you were a Laker fan right now? Right now, right uh, now, this moment, I mean, it has to be for like another star piece. And do you think that will happen? Is my question to you. I mean, who knows? If you do Would a you? K- if you do a KD package, the Mikel Bridges package, instead of Cam Johnson, it was DeAndre Aiden. Then I would want a Dame Lillard or Kyrie Irving. Hopefully, he plays in return as well, because there's no other. Who's the best defensive big in the game? I mean, 
Latin Davis showed at this postseason. So that's that's my point. That's the tough part. That's the reason is the reason why I'm saying that yes, he's been inconsistent offensively, but we also have to acknowledge the fact he isn't that guy as he made it out to be. We can't say, oh, well, because I've heard people say, oh, he's just a Ben Wallace if he's defensive. No. He still drops 20 points a game. Yeah, so the issue is the glimpses then. That's the issue. That's the, yeah, I agree with that. But my again, my argument isn't he's not inconsistent. I completely 100% agree with that. My take is he ain't no bum. He ain't no guy that you trade just because to trade a guy. Right? If LeBron, now we'll move on to the LeBron side of things here. We'll end the Anthony Davis talk for now. But LeBron came out and said, he doesn't know what he's going to do next year, whether he's going to stay with the Lakers or retire. Then, yes, Anthony Davis, I'll, my take will be a little bit different. Okay, yeah, so let's just, we'll just keep on LeBron. So he yeah. said, considering retirement and moving, uh, retirement, I'm not buying it at all. You're one season away from playing with Bronny. All right, there's he, no way you're retiring. I can't buy that at he, all. He did say himself that two things. One, it's his dream, but not may, it may not be Bronny's dream, but not that point. Two, he's, and he still is, to be fair, better than majority of the team the, uh, players in the NBA right now. He said, I'm, you know, I'm still better than 90, 95% of the players in the NBA, so why wouldn't I play? But he also acknowledged that he might have to be a number two now, which is why when we talked about the Lakers bringing in a third star is kind of key. Or AD, which I don't think he is, elevates even more than he is and if he's healthy in that case. So that's where you might struggle. But yeah, so keeping at LeBron, uh, yeah, maybe switching teams. I doubt it. I don't it. see that. No, I don't see he's it. only gonna switch where yeah, he just, comes. This is just talk, bro. Like, you had this dream set out. You had this plan set out. That all right, I'm gonna play with my son. You're one season away from it. You're not retiring, brother. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm not buying it. Um, if you do retire, I guess jokes are on me. But there's no way. It's like Tom Brady. He might just retire and come back from retirement. <laughs> if yeah, I mean, I don't happens. see that. I think once <laughs> once LeBron retires, he'll retire. But I don't think it's now. I think we'll be in two years. Once yeah, it has to year. be like you had this dream set up. But yeah. All right. Moving on. Before we close it off, let's talk about the Heat versus Celtics. So, Celtics avoid the sweep. It's now three one. Um, Jason Tatum came out like classic elimination game. Jason Tatum. Yeah, he finally balled out this yeah. series and absolutely dominated. Made some timely shots every time he had a run to get back into the game. Tatum went on his run. Not even just Tatum. Um, in that third quarter, because they were the Celtics were down and they just kept hitting threes. Marcus Smart was hitting threes. Jason Tatum was hitting threes. Grant Williams was cutting corner threes, and then the Heat role players obviously did not do what they did all series I long. I mean, Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin were still good in that game. It's just uh, um other people other than that weren't really. Yeah, no, Jimmy wasn't like Jimmy, like playoff Jimmy have been this. Yeah, actually no, I think he was decent. He was like, decent. I, I think, think Bam was, wasn't. Noticeable. Yeah, Bam wasn't noticeable. Then obviously like other people off the bench weren't that great, like Lowry, and then Max Truss wasn't that great as well. So for Heat to win the game, it's obvious that like all those players need to be good. And uh, yeah, I think Jimmy had like twenty nine. So I think he played well. Jimmy had twenty nine. Yeah, Bam only had ten. Struce so, nine. Vincent um, Martin did their thing, yeah, but the bench, Lowry, Robinson struggled. Yeah, so I feel like, uh, I feel like obviously Heat are still in the driver's seat. Um, this doesn't really change anything for like prediction wise or like, or right, like that or saying that like oh the Heat are in trouble now, but it's a little bit scary as like what we predicted for the Lakers one is happening. The flip. Yeah, is um, happening to the Celtics and like and the reason why we 
did say the Celtics will get swept because like they didn't have the energy in Game Three. Yeah, and they finally had the energy in Game Four, won the game. But another thing to notice is that Celtics have not been good on their home court. True. Yeah, I've noticed that for sure. Like they struggled against Philly for Game One and Five. It was, I believe. Um, obviously closed it out in seven. They lost two to the Hawks. Yeah. They lost two to the Heat. So they haven't defended home court at all. So like honestly, if they did. They're just able to defend home court. They would have easily won all three series. Yeah. But now they're facing a 3-1 they, deficit The one now. thing with the Celtics are they played well with the back against the walls. And now this is a big climb for sure. 3-0 never done before. But I believe that the Celtics will win game five because they are at home. <laughs> just the momentum carry. Then I think they'll ultimately lose in six. Um, that being said, since I said that, I think the Heat are going to win in five, but I'm honestly, I think, I think the Celtics will win game five. I think the series will end in five. I think uh, Jimmy's going to have that one of those Milwaukee games just to like, all right, time's up. I want to go to the final and drop his points. And then, uh, I feel like, uh, Bam will have his good game again. And, uh, I feel like Jimmy's monstrous performance will just edge out the Celtics in game five. And the, uh, send them to the finals. The key is going to be, is Jason Tatum going to play like how he did in game um, four? So, if, if he doesn't, the Heat win. If he does, it's questionable for sure. Um, Jalen Brown obviously struggled shooting the three. He did okay in the field in general. Um, it was a collective performance. Malcolm Brogdon still struggled, but the report came out today that he is potentially playing with a partial tear in his elbow um, leading up. I don't know if it was up to his arm, uh, to his shoulder area. So, obviously, it makes sense of why he's been struggling on the field goal level. But, yeah, I, th- I think the Celtics will get the next one and they will lose in six. Just give, you know, give them that hope, obviously. But it's gonna be, it's still going to be tough, right? Because he already won two on their home court. So, it's, like, it's not like, oh, yeah, the Celtics. That's not my reasoning. I just think they have the momentum for one more game. And then I feel like they'll, it'll die down in game six. Yeah, I just feel like Jimmy's just going to have his classic closeout game like he did against Milwaukee and uh, finish the series off. And we'll have a Miami Heat and a Denver Nuggets final. Yeah. Um, obviously, being a Laker fan and you being a Raptor fan, I hope the Celtics do not come back 3-0 and be that first team in history. But they, in my opinion, they do have that potential. But, I like yeah, like we said before, um, the Heat should be able to close it out in five or six. Um, I guess that's it for today. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Like, comment, and subscribe. Um, follow our socials down below, especially our TikTok and Instagram. We are posting uh, on there as well. Eventually, we'll hope to start posting on there daily. And other than that, we'll we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.